Good morning, McMaster. How's it going? We are back with another episode of Purposely Offside. My name is Brian, joined alongside... Uh, Anthony and Jordan here. Plug guy um, here. How's it going, guys? Nice to have you back, Brian. It's been a while. It's been yeah. about two or three weeks, I think. Uh, just been all over the place, pretty much. So it's good to be back. Great to have you back in studio, buddy. We missed you. I've been working on my golf game, and it's not, it's not going too well. I, I already think you're, you're pretty good to begin with. Um, I mean, I have to, like, I have a lot to be working on, but I, I would get my lessons from you. I fixed my, I fixed my slice from last year though. So I'm happy about that. The drive is, uh, is getting a lot better. You're so like that's a, good. A solid, uh, 80 shooter could hit seven, high seven, a couple seventies this year, but yeah, I could shoot 79 and shoot 110 the next round. So I wish, but it's the beauty of golf. Boys. I wish. So on that note, actually, of golf, we have a very special guest today, and we're very excited to have him on. Uh, we have John Najev on today, who has 28-plus years' experience as a coach and touring professional on various professional tours throughout the U.S. and Canada, and is currently the head coach of the McMaster golf team. John, how's it going? Wonderful. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we've been uh, trying to set this interview up for a while, and it was probably mostly our fault uh, for the delay, so we're sorry about that, but really happy to have you on. Yeah, thanks for joining us, John. Well, it's great to be on. Thank you very much. So uh, I think we're going to start off with um, the article that was in the, the Spectator mm-hmm. about um, golf not being a youth sport. And that's something that really that really surprised me, uh, surprised us, especially you, Jordan, when you read it. Yep. Um, why exactly is it not considered a youth sport? Uh, quite frankly, a lot of it's around uh, funding of uh, – some of the athletic programs through the Canadian university system. For a number of years, um, golf wasn't organized across the country. And what I mean by that is uh, they didn't have uh, a championship set up with regards to regionally with, uh, across the country as some of the, uh, the youth sports rules require as far as qualifications into a national championship conducted by them. Gotcha. But now that has happened. Um, we're organized across the country. Uh, obviously, you guys know how popular golf is. Absolutely. It's on extensively every single week. Um, the various tours on TV, on radio broadcasting. It. But um, we're just excited about trying to take it to the next level. Uh, a number of us coaches that have been involved with the uh, OUA golf uh, extensively now. Uh, this happens to be my fourth year, but a number of coaches have decades of involvement with uh, OUA golf. And now that we're organized, quite frankly, we're looking at trying to elevate its status to sports. Uh, we think it needs to be there. Have you um, had uh, a lot of support from Golf Canada? Golf Canada has been very supportive um, with regards to a small portion of funding. Uh, they initially did a very large funding exercise uh, a number of years ago, and I believe it was... Uh, UBC and University of Toronto were the two schools that were recipients of quite large grants uh, through endowment that they have had set up for uh, university golf and university and college golf, quite frankly. Uh, Their championship is a combined championship that they conduct uh, every uh, end of May each season. And uh, they now are dispersing those dollars across the entire university system across the country. Um, not a plentiful amount as much as the initial endowment that had transpired with the first two schools, but it definitely does help towards our budgets. Right. right. So now, um, I guess what we've seen this year as 
you know, Canada's really been put on the map in terms of, you know, success of, of golf, even in PGA. And obviously we know of the LPGA with Brooke Henderson. Um, but do you think the move by uh, Golf Canada moving the Canadian Open this year and, and just the, the crazy amount of success it did have will, will have a big push towards uh, your goals in turning this into a new sport? Well, I think um, I think Hamilton did a wonderful job in presenting uh, in conjunction with uh, Golf Canada, the Canadian Open this year. Uh, they probably had the strongest deal that they've had um, on record now probably for the past decade. The date definitely helped with them having it uh, pre-U.S. Open and being able to attract the players that want to play as a prep for the U.S. Open Championship. Um, you know, like the good fortune of having a, a recognized name like Roy McIlroy being champion now, uh, you know, he'll likely return um, to the Canadian Open for as long as he's playing professional golf uh, as such. So I think it'll just always bolster a stronger uh, commitment to being able to support golf across our region uh, as well as the country. So we know that the um, first-year players, based on the article, uh, pay nearly $1,300, and in subsequent years it's 1000 Does that right. cover the first you know, two months or the entire season? What exactly does that cover? And it, what number would you be looking for for the funding for each player? Uh, basically covers really their tournament fees. Uh, each day, whether an event, a single-day event or a two-day event, has a cost associated with uh, the university golf program acquiring the golf courses. Um, usually the golf courses are, are, are great in being able to provide a better rate rather than, you know, your, your typical tournament uh, headcount rate. But that being said, um, those dollars are being put towards those tournament fees. The reality is, is for our program, it actually costs about $3,000 per player to be able to conduct the program for the time frame that we have. And that doesn't even include the national championship. Wow. So that being said, uh, you know, a typical <laughs> trip, for instance, uh, going to Ottawa and then Kingston to start the year. Um, that whole weekend might be a six, seven thousand dollar weekend when all said and done with regards to take the players' tournament fees, wow. rental vehicles, hotel, or accommodations. So you know, there are certain times where there's some expense, and then there's other times where we're very frugal, uh, driving to the events ourselves rather than getting transport, and um, and, and just really trying to create the best experience we can with what we are dealing with from a financial uh, support perspective. I've had uh, the good fortune we were able to uh, raise some funds for our national championship that we uh, competed in this past May. It was the first time Mac has been there, at least on the men's side, for five years, since 2014. And I effectively went out and petitioned a number of the members at Heron Point, which is our home base, as far as the facility that we get to practice and play at. And they were kind enough to, to raise about $2,100, $2,200 towards our cause. Um, but, you know, those, you know, all those events, like the OUA championships, uh, the university uh, or athletics department end up paying our entry fees there. But when we send uh, nine kids, being five guys and, and, and four gals to that event, uh, you know, our entry fees there are just $3,000 for that event well. on, on its own. So you can see where it kind of, exponentially can, can rise. So sure. We're not looking at 
we're not looking at spending hundreds of thousands of dollars for the golf program. Right. Um, we recognize that it's not a revenue generating sport, but quite frankly, no sport in U sports athletics across Canada, although they say they may be revenue generating, they never come close to the expense it is to conduct that. And gotcha. it, it's a given that, you know, sports are really strong and important facet of university life as such. Uh, the kids give it their all. They're happy and proud to be able to support um, university athletics as well as represent um, the university and the brand. And it would be lovely to be able to kind of spread that opportunity for them, you know, in our off season, um, put some money together that we can take them down to, let's say, some NCAA Division One, AA or Division Two events so that they can keep their game primed and ready for the national championships that come quite quickly after exams in in May. And obviously our climate doesn't uh, provide us the opportunity of being able to be outdoors through the winter. So uh, yeah. it gives us an opportunity to prep um, and, and be better prepared. You know, teams like out in BC that have the opportunity of really playing all year long, they quite frankly dominate um, mm. as they have like this past year's national championship. Um, and that makes a difference. So we have to do whatever we can to try to uh, stimulate the growth and, and, and development of our programs, whether it be indoors or, or by travel, and making sure that we can be competitive. Absolutely. Speaking of the students, what is the reaction of the of the student athletes um, when they when they're told that they have to pretty much pay their own way to represent their school, or is this something they come, or they do they have prior knowledge of this coming into um, coming into the team? Yeah, as soon as I have an inquiry come through, I send a detailed uh, email explaining exactly the cost of our program, describing and explaining why we're uh, a self-funded program and the related cost of what it truly is per head and then what we have to charge to, to try to offset some of that and then the rest of it's done through uh, fundraising and, and um, other aspects of uh, fundraising that the, the kids may get involved with or that we get from some private support. Um, you know, you know athletic, we're happy with what athletics gives us from a uh, sports uh, perspective. And, but uh, quite frankly, I think it needs to get elevated to uh, a youth sports status sport so we can get a little bit more funding and support and to be able to attract more talent. Uh, quite frankly, it was kind of funny. One of the uh, players on my team just mentioned that he was quite certain the Office of Girls Champion, for instance, is attending McMaster. Mm-hmm. I didn't get an inquiry sent to me or anything. It could very well be that she made an inquiry, found out the related cost to the program, and maybe she's not in a position that she can afford it. Right. Whereas, and, and I've run into that on numerous occasions uh, with students at Mac that just don't have the means of being able to uh, put out that kind of money uh, over and above what they have to deal with with tuition and rooming and board costs as such. So it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but we hope to try to change that and, and be able to stimulate uh, more interest and more talent uh, towards our program. So you mentioned fundraising, and, and on the topic of, of what you just stated, I was a, um, a varsity rower as well. We were in the same boat where we were told immediately, you know, after tryouts that, listen, you have to fork out over $1,400 if you want to be a member of this team. So as a student athlete, I, I shared a lot of those frustrations that I'm sure your athletes share now. Are they able to self fundraise? Like, can they go out and, and ask businesses to sponsor them, or is that not allowed through you know 
uh, McMaster or are there any legal ba- battles or anything like that? Yeah, no, they absolutely can. Um, and we've had private sponsorship. I've had some great support from uh, Ben and Karen at the alumni office. They set up a, a project page for us. We raised we've raised about seventy five hundred dollars through donations there um, for our golf program and on the uh, on the iFund uh, alumni page. And that's been great. I mean, it helps offset some of our costs. Uh, we've had, yeah, the kids can go out and they can seek family, friends, uh, even some other corporate um, avenues of being able to try to raise money towards our cause. Uh, we have to be careful. There are certain individuals that are on list with um, athletics and the university that cannot be approached, and we recognize that. They're some of the bigger donors. Um, but if we have any of those donors, ones that are on the list that wanted to designate dollars to us directly to the golf team, they would have every right to do that. And we would be very thankful for that, uh, uh, General. And if there's anyone that's listening that would like to donate to the McMaster golf team, how can they go about doing so? Uh, They can go to uh, the iPhone page on uh, McMaster alumni webpage, and they can click on uh, the project under sports, and we'll come up. And uh, they can donate. They get a, a receipt with regards to uh, donations to the university. And uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Right on. And you know what? You said it earlier. Like, it does pose challenges for you as a, as a, as a coach, right, to, you know, when you have these players that, you know, just simply can't afford um, to pay their way and, and play maybe a sport they love or a sport they, or they really want to play. So uh, super unfortunate when, it's, when that's the case. And uh, and students are not playing or are hesitant to play uh, because they have to pay uh, because they have to pay. Sorry, Jordan, did you have something to say? Yeah, I was gonna. I was just gonna ask John. Um, have you been in touch with any coaches from any other schools, whether inner province or or outside of the province? And uh, what sort of the support been like in terms of your cause of getting this name as a youth sport? Well, actually, we I, we've had great support. Actually, Dave Hollinger is uh, a great champion towards that particular cause. Um, He's the uh, the Waterloo coach and has been for a number of years. Uh, Mike Martin is also involved in PGA of Canada, professional. Uh, now he's kind of overseeing, but Dave's been involved with uh, OUA golf better part of 25, 30 years. And he's kind of coached me along the way of where the process is. And real the process is, is we have to get a couple of ADs on board to uh, to want to support the petition for uh, making uh, golf, a youth sport, athlete, uh, athletic sport uh, within uh, the system. And in doing so, um, it has to be taken to a vote as such. But uh, first things first is there needs to be some support from at least two athletic directors, from my understanding, being able to get it underway. And, uh, and then there would be the hosting of a championship within the school year. And by... What I mean by the school year is uh, it should flow now over. Before it used to always be an eight an eight month season relative to the school year, but now with uh, with summer programs and so forth, I believe it's all encompassing. So we would fit that criteria. I mean, obviously we have some issues with uh, with weather over the winter time, um, but now that everything's organized across the country, there's no reason and there shouldn't be any roadblocks in trying to make that happen. How is the team looking this year, John? We're young, but I think we have a, um, a great opportunity. Uh, a lot of our kids um, happen to be more local, although I do have a, uh, 
a kid from the Sarnia area and one that's uh, due to our team from the Ottawa area. But for the most part, we're uh, Toronto Hamilton-centric. Mm-hmm. A couple kids from up in the Barry area um, as such. But uh, we're younger. We lost a couple of key players uh, last year with Ethan Hurst and, uh, and John McPherson. They were very strong performers for us. And, uh, you know, I think we're filling their shoes admirably. It's just a case of uh, the kids really get experience, get their feet wet, and uh, and then being able to execute. Right on. We, we were actually just joking. I think when we saw the tryouts coming up, I was like, we should just go and see how well we can uh, keep up with some of these student <laughs> golfers. But uh, personally, for me, I don't think I'd be able to keep. But maybe Brian over here might be able to. No, when the article came out, we uh, we spoke about it for the better part of probably twenty twenty five minutes. Yeah. It almost covered the entire uh, show that we had uh, once that article came out. And yeah, we. We all said we should probably show up and, and see what we can do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I appreciate the airtime on that too. Uh, we had put that on back in August, so it was, uh, it was great to hear. Thank you. No, I'm glad the article came out, and I'm glad that we're talking about it. And I'm hoping a lot more people start talking about it because I probably, like a lot of others, thought that it was a youth sport and that it was funded. And to hear that it's not, um, as a golfer, uh, it, it shocked me, and it, it honestly was upsetting because. Mm-hmm. I, I think it should be, and there's not enough people talking about it. And I think, given that you're a big front runner for that, I think it's going to help. Yeah, I hope it does. Um, you know, we uh, we're very fortunate. Uh, Clubling Corporation, with Heron Point being our home golf course, uh, they also uh, allow us to use uh, Glendale Golf Club in the East End. Uh, the two city or municipal golf courses, uh, Kings Forest and Shoot Oak, also allow us to use their facilities all for gratis. And that's great support for our kids who are already shelling out money to, to be able to play and represent the university. Um, but it gives us also the flexibility that if the club has something going on, we're not basically locked out of being able to practice and play and prepare for events. We have the opportunity of going across um, the, the city at a couple of different venues, and especially at Heron Point where we spend most of our time. The, the members there are very supportive and have nothing but glowing things to say about the way our kids conduct themselves, and, and they're really quite proud to, to have us out there, and we're very fortunate. It's a championship venue. We host an event every year um, in September. It's actually this coming September, uh, Thursday, September the 26th. And the popularity of the venue, we hosted the OUA championships this past uh, or past October, and uh, the popularity uh, of that particular venue, uh, we have a full field of 144 players, and I actually... I do it uh, jointly with uh, Mohawk College, who has a golf team, and Deb Eldridge is the coach there. We have 11 universities that are attending and six colleges that are attending because the national championships that are contested every May in Golf Canada is open to not only universities, but as well college programs. And I wanted to kind of give the colleges a place to play in the fall as well in preparation for their provincial championship. Uh, I got Deb involved, who I'm also on the, uh, the Hamilton Golf Junior Golf Tour board with, and uh, we're trying to just give back and help support junior golf and the development of golf going forward. And uh, we've had great uh, uh, support. We have 144 players. We have a full golf course. And uh, I don't even actually know of an event in the last four years that have had that much participation. So we're really proud of what we're doing. That's awesome. That's that's really good to hear. I'm actually a member at Glendale and play Heron Point quite a bit, and I feel that if you can practice on those two courses and shoot well, you can go to any course and play incredible because they're very tight 
difficult courses to play. Ryan loves sure. Glendale. He's a big Glendale, big Glendale guy. Have you played there, John? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've played around these area courses uh, for quite a number of years and uh, enjoy them both. Heron uh, Point's one of the most favorite uh, courses uh, that I play. I'm a member of Club Link, and, I, and that's my home club. Um, and I rarely actually travel to other Club Link courses because I enjoy it out there so much. The guys that are out there and and, and gals great support that they have for our program and it's just an enjoyment to, to, to go play golf there whenever I have the opportunity to do so. Those two courses have frustrated me so much before that I think I've just walked off after five holes and like I can't I can't deal with this stress level. <laughs> well Aaron points um, it would probably be I would put it in the top 10 of most difficult golf courses just in the province. It's a challenge and uh, so you, you have to bring your A game without question. I actually heard a rumor, I'm not sure if you can verify this, that Mike Weir, when he was a junior, he couldn't clear the water on 18. So he took a sand wedge and put it down to the white tees, I believe, and then took a long iron to get over. Have you heard of that before? Actually, I played. that was the Canadian Masters, and I can't remember what year it was. I actually played with David Hearn, and it was David, he was 16 years old, and it was his first event, a professional event he played in as an amateur. And we played that day. It was so windy uh, that on 18 from the back tees, most guys were unable to clear the water. And if they did, they had to aim over the short side where the bridge and literally drive it into the trees to keep it dry. And Weir ended up wedging up to the front tee and then hit three wood into the fairway. Um, But I'll never forget because David made like six birdies that day. He shot 70. I think I shot 71 or 72. And I felt like it was 67, 66 even. And Roger Wessels went around in that hurricane and shot 63. And I think the next closest guy was 68. Wow. And I'm not really sure what golf course he was playing. But it wasn't the golf course that we felt like uh, he was playing. <laughs> but that's just to show you how the depth of the game is. Uh, but the challenge of the whole facility, it's a fabulous golf course, golf course and facility. Who's the uh, who's the best golfer that you ever played with, male or female? Wow. Um, well, I tell you what. Um, from female, I, I coached Elena Sharp on the LPGA for a couple of years, yeah. and that was actually her very first coach when she was a member at Brantford when I had come back from the state. Um, so, and her parents, I, I, I'd known her dad, John, through hockey growing up in, in the Hamilton area since I was like. 12, 11, 12 years old, but uh, she is a tremendous talent, quite frankly, and it's, uh, I'd love to see her have that opportunity of breaking through and, and, and winning. Um, I played with a number of guys uh, through the college ranks that you know were out on the on a tour, be it Tom's, DeMarco, Brian Watts, all those guys ended up making it to the big show and had great success, so... But the greatest experience that I had when I was down in Houston is uh, the opportunity of learning from some incredible teachers. Uh, Butch Harmon that used to teach, Greg Norman, uh, Tiger Woods, his brother Dick, um, as well as uh, Jackie Burke Jr., who uh, with Jimmy DeMeritt, they opened up Champions Golf Club. I mean, Jackie Burke was a Masters champion, uh, Ryder Cup captain. He would invite me to go up to his golf course uh, on the weekends, on Saturdays or Sundays, whatever I wanted. He'd give me short game lessons. I mean, those experiences I now bestow on the kids that I work with today because they're memorable. 
they are effective, and uh, I try to give them any of the wisdom that I can to try to make them better at what they want to do. So it's those are the neatest experiences that I remember remember the most. That's awesome. That's 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 really good. That's that's cool to hear. Um, we are uh, running short for time. Uh, that twenty five minutes flew by. Um, you can follow the McMaster uh, Marauder Golf Team on Twitter at Mac Marauder Golf, and you can also find John at John uh, Najev. Sorry, N A J E V. Uh, so you can follow them on Twitter if you want to get in touch with them. Uh, we'll be posting the uh, the link to this tomorrow as well, in addition to um, all of their um, social media. So you can follow them and get in touch if you wanted to donate, if you have any further questions or anything like that. Um, John, thank you so much for joining us. We, we truly do appreciate that. Really appreciate it, John. Thanks a lot, well, John. Good luck this year. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time, guys, and uh, trying to raise other, the awareness. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, we have to get out for a round, too. That would be That'd fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. I'll send you a call in the next little bit, and we'll uh, we'll try and hit the links. You can show me what I'm doing wrong. Yeah, it'd be my pleasure. <laughs> okay, sounds good. I'm doing everything wrong. So. <laughs> yeah, but we can fix you. All, All right. right. Perfect. Sounds good. Thanks there's, so much. There's hope. <laughs> take care. Take, All right, take, take care. care. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, boys. So, good interview with uh, John Najev. Fantastic interview. Yeah. It's interesting that you get a, like a golf insight here in, you know, in Hamilton, Ontario, especially in Canada. I mean, you don't ever he had you know, some think great of story. that as a... Yeah. No, he had some great stories, too. Very knowledgeable. He's You can tell the passion that comes from, from the way he speaks about just the sport of golf in general and to, to dedicate that time uh, for the McMaster golf team and, and trying to get that awareness out to help those those athletes out, I think is super important. Definitely, we'll have him on again on the, on the show because he looks like he has a he has a variety of wisdom on the game and, and people he's played with. It's mm-hmm. uh, definitely have him on again. He was awesome. It's interesting when you um, and, and he mentioned it like we all golf, and if you've ever golfed before, obviously you know just how ex- expenses can really add up. Oh my and he God. really hammered it down with like, you know, just how much extra added expenses there are on top of just tournament fees. Right. And it's just it's just crazy. I, I honestly think that um, it's probably the most costly sport. For sure. When other, you add- other than hockey, um, oh, I really can't think of many other sports that have the expenses that a golf team might. Absolutely. No, no. When you add clubs in there and, and golf balls and travel and just playing golf alone is expensive. Yeah. You know, unless you go on golf now and go play some cow pasture or something for 10 bucks, it's like, worth it. Like we do at the Herald. Scenic Woods at Augusta. But you know, the biggest thing for me is that what he said about um, he has trouble as a coach getting kids to play and kids don't want to play because they have to pay. Right. Yeah. So I think anytime you're limiting the opportunity for a student athlete, I think there's something wrong there. Right. So I'm, I'm, that's what I'm happy he's trying to rectify and uh, trying to solve because I think everyone should have an equal yeah. opportunity, no matter if you can afford it or not. You're going to be deter- you're going to be deterring some top talent, of just, just from cost alone, and you and you see that with every sport. Right. Like it's not just golf, like soccer and and hockey. Like as costs rise, you'll start to deter more and more top level athletes, and like that's a, that's a, a a big issue that. You know, we do have here in North America that you, you might not see anywhere else in the world. So, um, you know, it's really important that we can get this top level funding, especially from whether it's a government, Golf Canada or just our university system. Uh, it's really important that, you know, we will allow kids this opportunity to succeed in that way. And just to, to, to finish off, uh, he kind of echoed what you said, Jordan, about keeping the talent here in Canada and how are we going to keep the talent here in Canada or you know, more specifically here at McMaster and in Hamilton if players got to pay 
I was I was gonna say even if uh, a school division D in Florida is offering you a full if, ride, if it's paid for. Yeah, if it's full ride scholarship, they don't care what division they're going. You can play golf year round while you're there, yeah, right? So stopping it from going there, right? Yeah, it's tough to say, hey, come to Mac, but fork out over fifteen hundred dollars. Exactly. Whereas you can go to the states, doesn't matter what division, and play for free yep. in warm weather. Exactly. Right. So I, I think having these conversations now is important. Um, I'm super happy he came on. Very knowledgeable, tons of insight. Seems like a great guy. Yeah. So we'd love to have him back on. So again, thanks, uh, thanks to him for uh, for joining us. Yeah, and thank you guys uh, for listening to Purposely Offside as we uh, wrap up here another week's episode. Thanks for joining us as always. Thanks for listening. Um, be sure to you know, listen to us weekly. We're always here, 9:30 a.m. every Monday. Plug guy, you got about 20 seconds. Go. Plug away. You follow us at purposely underscore offside on Instagram at PO Sports Talk on Twitter. Also, you can find our podcast posted weekly at CFMU.ca and follow us at purposely offside. We'll chat later. Signing off 93.3. See you.